Good morning. Hello? Oh, there we are. The light was green. Um, Good morning, church. My name is Lexi, and I have the privilege of serving as the youth pastor around here. Um, It is always a pleasure of mine to be able to be the person that greets you in the morning. So welcome, whether it's your first time here or you are a regular attender of this place, we're happy to see your face. Um, Our mission around here is to lift up Christ, and I think my favorite part about this place is that regardless of where you're at in your journey, if you're new to this place or you've been a regular attender, if you've been a person of faith your whole life or if today is the first day, there's space for you to learn and grow alongside each other here. Um, With that being said, I'm going to pray us into our service and then we'll keep going. God, I'm so grateful for the ways that we get to learn um, about who you are and the ways that you have uniquely created us to be um, vessels of justice and peace and love in a world that so desperately needs um, a creator to remind them of who they are and what they're capable of. I'm grateful for this place that we get to learn alongside all different walks of life and faith and to be a body that um, goes into our communities and that this isn't just a faith that stays within these walls, that it's a space that encourages us to go beyond this place and to love the people um, that surround us. I'm grateful for the ways that I get to do that as an individual, but I get to learn from people who have been doing it for years that go before me and have gone before me and that this is a story that we get to be included in, that we are a part of something that's bigger than that, bigger than us, and um, I'm grateful that it starts here and it goes beyond these walls. Um, I pray for this space and that your presence is felt, and the words that we hear and the songs that we sing will be written on our hearts and in our minds as we go beyond this place, and that we can carry what we do and who we are into our neighborhoods and into our jobs and. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity that we get to do that in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for praying for us, Lexi. If you're able to, let's stand together and let's approach God with one another. Be encouraged by these words and by Peter to let yourselves be pulled into the way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. For God said, I am holy. And has given us the command of us being holy. Let us come together and let us recognize the one true God. Through every battle. Through every heartbreak. Through every circumstance. I believe that you are my fortress. You are my portion, you are my hiding place, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life, I believe you are the way, declare the truth, the life. I believe through every blessing, 
every promise, through every breath I take, I believe that you are provider, you are protector, you are the one I love. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, Lord, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us come together seeking the hope that the Lord has given us. Yes, we look to you. We long for you, oh Lord. Yes, we look to you. We long for you, oh Lord. Sing
holy is your name, Lord. Holy is your name. Yes, we look to you. We long for you, oh Lord. Yes, we look to you. We long for you, oh Lord. Sing it as a church again. Yes, we look to you. We long for you, oh Lord. Give us wisdom. Yes, we look to you. We long for you, oh Lord. Amen. You may be seated. In the midst of our longing for God, let us offer ourselves as ministers of God's work. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 4, for what we preach is not ourselves, but what we preach is Jesus Christ is Lord. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Last week, we talked about Christ's suffering, something maybe we don't think often of as we exalt God as King and God as Messiah and Savior, but we know that Jesus was rebuked before his own people, that Jesus came into a world that was his own and was rejected. And yet we see that Jesus has perseverance to work in God's ministry still through the longing and through the suffering and through the mourning of his life. And what a great example of light shining in the darkness. And so us, we have been called as, this, as ambassadors of light. And so what does it look like for us in our own lives in the midst of suffering in a life that is full of mourning and grief? For us to throw on the same perseverance as Christ, to show light out of something that may be dark. This morning, we are gonna reflect on the ministry of Christ, but we're also gonna reflect on the gift of Jesus' spirit that dwells in us. Take a moment to pray to God now. Thank God for the way in which we've been equipped with God's spirit. It's there in our mourning. It's there in our suffering. Lord, out of our darkness, would your light shine through us? It's our prayer to you. Let us sing. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom. My steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold. My hope is only Jesus, for my life 
is holy bound to his. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Oh, how strange, oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Let us stand together boldly in confidence of Jesus' spirit dwelling in and amongst us today. Oh, what, what if I believed in your power and I really lived in what? What if I believed Christ in me? Oh, sing it, what, what if I believed in your power and I really lived in what? What if I believed Christ in me? Oh, what if I believed I would lay my worries down And see these hills at level ground And what if I believed Christ in me Oh, I would praise you with my life And let my story lift you high Oh, what if I believed Christ in me Oh, what if I believed light shining in us the same great light that broke the dark the same great peace that calmed the seas hallelujah is living in me the same great love that gives us breath the same great power that conquered death hallelujah is living What if I believed in your power and I really lived in it? What, what if I believed Christ in me? Oh, what if I believed I would lay my worries down
church. So great to be with all of you this morning. Go ahead and say your last hellos, goodbyes. Make your way back to your seat. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Tyler. I'm the director of communications here at San Diego First Church of the Nazarene, and it's just great to be with you on another uh, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, we've reached the point in our service where we get to say goodbye to our kids and teens as they go off to their children's church and youth Bible study programming that happens during this hour. Um, but to send them off, we like to read this prayer out loud together uh, to dismiss them. Uh, so you'll please join me in reading this prayer out loud. This is my prayer for you, our children that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. See you kids, see you teens. Well, I just wanna make you guys aware of a few things happening around our church. Uh, but first of all, if you have a bulletin right here on the front page is a little QR code. It'll be also be up here on the screen. That's our digital connection card. If this is your first time here, or if you've been attending here for years and years, if you'll take a moment to use your smartphone camera, scan that QR code, fill out our brief connection card. This is a great way for you to communicate with us. In the church office, you can leave or update your uh, contact information, your mailing address. Uh, this is a great way to communicate a prayer request or anything else you want our church staff to know. Uh, so if you'll take a few minutes and fill out this card, it's super helpful for us to know that you are here and if there's anything that we need to, uh, to know about what's going on in your life or update your information um, in our system. And then as well, I just want to take some time to let you know that we have lots of things coming up in the life of our church, starting with Wednesday night programming coming back on February 1st. Uh, we already have had some programming kickoff. Youth group is up and running, uh, choir rehearsals as well, but February 1st is our big kickoff for all programming, for all 
ages that happens here midweek. Uh, that starts off with Wednesday night dinners being served from 5.30 to 6.30. And then uh, at 6.30, our programming starts with Kid University in the Children's Building, youth group, choir rehearsals, and then adult youth classes as well. Um, for those adults that are still here in the room because the youth and kids just left. Uh, and so uh, invite all of you to be a part of our midweek programming here um, on Wednesday evenings. In particular, I want to highlight Wednesday night dinners. Uh, we're getting ready to start those back up again on February 1st, and we're still looking for a few more volunteers to fill in the teams. Um, if you've been around on Wednesday nights, you've seen me in the kitchen getting ready for chicken tender night. Um, Luann Martin leads our taco night. And so we have a few kitchen teams uh, that serve on a rotational basis. So if you'd like to jump in, be a part of those teams to help make those meals happen. Those are really, really great community events. It's, it's a ministry because we have families that are regular attendees and involved in our church, uh, eating and fellowshipping together with families that are just from the community, just getting to know us. And so these are really special opportunities and we love making those meals happen. So if you want to be a part of helping those happen, please come talk to me after service or send me an email. We'd love to have you be a part of that. And then lastly, on February 9th, I want to make sure all the ladies in the room know about our Galentine's event happening at the home of Shannon Heffernan. A great get-together, fellowship, and community with other women from our church, and feel free to invite your friends and neighbors to that as well, happening in the evening of February 9th at Shannon Heffernan's home. You can get the address for that and any more info in our weekly email, um, or just contact the church office, and we'd be happy to send you some more info. With that, we'd love to continue with our worship service this morning. My friend AJ is already on his way up to read the scripture. Thanks, bud. Good morning. The Old Testament passage comes from Isaiah 9, 1 through 4. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people in walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. The word of the Lord. I join in with the others to say good morning. It is great to be with you this morning. My name's Dee, and as always, a joy to not only worship with you, but dig further into the Word with you. I am reminded as this passage was read, Isaiah chapter 9, with the uh, kind of doom and gloom and distress that the passage begins with, of a poem my sister wrote. I'm not sure that I was old enough to remember it at the time, but it became family legend eventually, and I had the poem kind of stick in my head, and I've never forgotten it. She wrote it, I think, maybe in elementary school as part of an effort to, uh, that the teachers had all the students write Mother's Day cards to their mothers and then take it home and give to the mothers. And the poem she wrote was this, When days are dark, and days are grim. You cheer me up now and then. <laughs> Warms a mother's heart, doesn't it? That just is powerful. At the time, I wasn't even sure grim was a word, but I, I just, I've never forgotten it. And so I am grateful that 
My um, journey has been cheered up now and then by my mother and many others in my life. Uh, as we look at this passage, there is something really important to me that comes out because this is the last Sunday of this series that we're digging into Isaiah. And we go back near the beginning of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, and we read a passage that talks about the heaviness that the people were facing, but it's fascinating that this is the passage that Matthew chooses in Matthew 4 to identify Jesus. Now, there have been many other passages that have these references that have been kind of appropriated not only to what was going on at the time, but also to the time of the disciples and the writers of the gospel and Jesus. This one, though, we have a direct quote that's coming straight from this Old Testament passage that Matthew uses to launch his story of the ministry of the Christ, the Messiah. And it's beautiful for me to be reminded of the power of the story of Jesus because we don't come together to worship the Bible. We come together to worship the Christ the Bible reveals. And it's always important to me to be reminded, oh, the story of Jesus. I want you to know the story of Jesus. And so it seemed appropriate to me at the beginning of this message for you to just take a moment and as you hear Kay sing about the story of Jesus, just let your heart be reminded that this story is for you. Tell me the story of Jesus Write on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard Tell how the angels in chorus Sang as they welcomed his birth Glory to God alone in the desert tell of the days that are past how for our sins he was tempted yet was triumphant at last tell of the years of his labor tell of the sorrow he bore he was despised Story most precious, dearer than. 
The story of Jesus starts before the beginning of time. It starts at the beginning of creation. It's woven into the fabric of the universe. It is the story of the Christ, of redemption, of God, who is at work from the very beginning, laying out a pathway of reconciliation, a carpet of love, a work of grace that offers to us the hope, the hope for which we long. I think it's very appropriate, having gone weeks talking about the prophetic imagination, the, the way by which Isaiah invites us to think about what tomorrow might be, that which is to come, the hopefulness that we are brought back at the end of this particular portion of the journey in Isaiah to the story in 9 that tells of a heaviness. Sometimes the dream doesn't come to fulfillment right away. Sometimes hope is dashed by a number of reasons. Sometimes we find it difficult to see anything beyond what it is that's facing us this moment. And in all honesty, sometimes it's just hard to hold on to a dream. So here we have the author speaking to us about the gloom, the heaviness that has surrounded Naphtali and Zebulun. Strange terms. They would be very familiar to the audience who heard this because this is part of how the promised land was settled by the 12 tribes. And two of those tribes sit just to the west of the Sea of Galilee. Those areas called Zebulun and Naphtali. This is the area near Galilee where Jesus lived in Nazareth. So when we speak about those in that area seeing a great light, it's no wonder that Matthew would take this and use it as a way to describe the coming of the Messiah. I don't know if you feel like you're in the midst of walking in great light or if the feelings right now are just a heaviness or a darkness. I don't know if your personal circumstances have changed dramatically in the last few months or there's been a, something that's carried on for some time. But I do want to acknowledge some things about the darkness. There are some things that you can only see in darkness. I don't know if you've ever taken a flashlight out during the middle of the day and turned it on. Doesn't do much. 
I mean, turn it on, shine it right in somebody's face, and it doesn't blind them, unless it's some super-duper-powered thing that you got for Christmas that lights up everything. I don't know, but the flashlights I have, they don't make much difference out in the sunlight. But in the middle of the night, when you need just a little bit of light, flashlights cast a light that is surprisingly bright. I got up very early this morning, 3 o'clock, because I'd heard that it might be possible to see in the night sky C2022 ZT... No, that's not right. Yeah, ZTF. And I'm guessing most of you already know what that is. But if you don't, there's a green comet that's coming very close to the Earth. And I'm told that the last time it made its way past Earth was about 50,000 years ago, a long time. So I have not seen it before. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I haven't. And because last night was a new moon and it was going to be a dark, dark sky, it's something that's not particularly easy to see because it's not as bright as some other comets, but it is a comet that, because of the gases that trail behind it, display green in the sky. I thought, wow, this would be great. I have my handy-dandy Stargazer app. And it's great because you can see where anything is at any given time, even if it's on the other side of the globe, because it moves depending on your position. And so I can see that the Big Dipper's on the other side of the Earth during the daytime, if that's the case. And so I pulled it out, and just so you know, off the handle of the Big Dipper, which right now in the northeastern sky is upside down, if you come from the last star in the handle of the Big Dipper and go down just a little bit, that's where this comet is. So that's the location. So I woke up at 3, and I pulled off the old pirate trick where you keep one eye closed in case you run into some light. The one will adjust to the light, and the other just stays dilated so that when you open it in the darkness, you can see real well. You don't know that trick? I use that trick all the time. Apparently, I'm the only pirate here. <laughs> Arg. So I kept one eye closed. I got my clothes on in the dark. At least I think I did. I hope I was fully dressed. Walked outside to the front yard, pulled out the Stargazer app. I'm looking at it, and I get positions just right, and I look. Open up the other eye. I see the Big Dipper. It's as bright as could be early this morning. And I'm staring just a little ways down from the last star on the handle. Is that it? No. Mm. Mm. Because I know comets don't appear like a specific dot. They're like a smudge, like, a, like typically a white smudge with a little bit of a tail. So I'm looking for a green smudge. I don't see any green smudge. And then I thought I saw it, and then I thought, no, okay, look past it just a little bit, because sometimes you can see better if you don't stare right at it. I'm just confessing to you, I saw nothing. A long story for nothing. But I want to tell you 
how gorgeous our skies are. And in the middle of the day, I don't see any of it. I mean, I don't know the names of the constellations, but I do enjoy looking up and seeing things that I just know are there, but I don't see them until it's dark. I also will say to you that often the darkness causes us to see things that aren't there. There are several times where I was convinced I saw a green smudge and I was looking forward to coming this morning and say, I saw a green smudge. I saw the comet, bet you haven't seen it yet. And I bet you don't care. <laughs> but I think my mind was just whining it so badly. Or sometimes it's just the opposite. Fear hits me so strong. that in the physical darkness or the emotional darkness, I start seeing or believing things that really aren't true. That kind of darkness seems to elevate a sense of paranoia, loneliness, isolation. Causes us sometimes to begin to imagine the thoughts of the other or the absence of thoughts of someone else. Sometimes I begin to imagine things about God that would never stand up to Scripture <laughs> or what I know about God at other times. But when the cry of the heart is, where are you, God?, it leads to a lot of conclusions about something being there that isn't there or something being absent that actually isn't true. It says that the people in Zebulun and Naphtali living in darkness, it speaks about a yoke, a rod of oppression. A yoke references a heavy weight and I don't know if you have ever noticed physically when you are carrying a heavy weight, maybe moving a big box or trying to move a piece of something that's probably a little bit heavier than you should be carrying by yourself, there is a great deal of caution about where the next step is going. Is there a step ahead of me? Is there anything in my way? There is always, at least for me, this great concern of, am I about to fall on my face? Am I about to run into anything? And I am obsessed with this space right here when the weight's heavy. I'm not thinking much of the big picture. I, I'm not looking at any destination at all. It's one step. That's the description here. A heavy yoke, the rod of my oppressor, the weightedness of this moment. The speculation is that this is a discussion of a group of people that had lived under a King Ahaz who wasn't good. The choices Ahaz made were away from God, away from their traditions, away from their history, trying to make alliances that God forbade. 
disrespect for the temple. I don't know that much about Ahaz, but it appears he was in survival mode, which eventually caused the people to be in survival mode. The transition might be that this is the dawning of the new king, Hezekiah. And in some ways, a celebration of what Hezekiah might bring, the light that was in the darkness. And Hezekiah certainly was much better than Ahaz. This comes at a time when there are outside pressures, the Assyrians, the prospect of the future, and Babylon, the Babylonians. But the Assyrians had flexed their muscles, made their power known. And the invasion into that area, west of the Sea of Galilee, had left such an impression on the people. They were fearful for their life, fearful for their existence as a group of people. It, it leaves them in a place where they're wondering about the next step that is taken. But here it says, there's a light. For those who are in the midst of darkness, those who have been walking in the valley of the shadow of death, the heaviness that has cast a shadow deep upon them, there's a light. It ends, at least our reading ends, with verse 4 doesn't move on into the other things that have to do with the rest of the chapter and what will happen. But it says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdened them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors. One more reference to something that's not a quick um, storyline for us. But for those of you who may not immediately think of anything when it says what happened in the days of the Midianites, this is likely a reference to Judges chapter 7, where Gideon was coming face to face with the armies of the Midianites. And he's brought with him 32,000 troops. And he's courageous and he's willing. And God... God does something that's just strange. He says, in case you think that this is all about you, in case you think that you're fully dependent on you, in case you think this is going to go to your glory, I need you to do some things for me, Gideon. I need you to allow some people to go home who really don't want to be here. And so, Gideon opens up the doors and said, for those of you who really don't want to be here, you can go home, and 20,000 of them left. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that there was that much division within the group, but okay. 20,000 head home. Still too large of a group. And uh, God says to take them down by the water, allow them to get something to drink, and then by God's insight through Gideon, 
tells them to send home all of those who drink a particular way. All that remained were 300 to face the Midianites. If I'm Gideon, (laughs) God, I had to 32,000, and I worked hard for those 32,000. 300? As part of the story in Judges 7, it's one of them, ones that I enjoy a great deal because some of you know I had dreams as part of my journey for decades. And this is a story where Gideon overhears two people in the Midianite camp as he's trying to scout out what they're doing and what their plans are. And he hears them talk about a dream that one of them had. And the other one interpreted the dream as saying, oh my goodness, that must mean Gideon's hand is against us and we're going to fall. Gideon, encouraged by that interpretation, went back up to the camp and said, get ready. Get ready. Something's going to happen. God's going to work. So he armed them with horns and jars. The exact things that I want if I'm a soldier going into battle. A horn, I can make a lot of noise. And I'm really not sure what I'm going to do with a jar. And so they completely encircled the camp. And at the night watch shift for the Midianites, Gideon had told his followers, his soldiers, blow the horns and break the jars. Wow, we're going to make a lot of noise. Then what, God? Then the Midianite camp was so confused. In the middle of the night, the Midianites got up, pulled their swords. So thrown off by what was taking place and the noise they heard surrounding the camp, they started fighting anyone they could find to fight. And they fought their own people. Midianites fighting Midianites until they realized how devastated they were and took off running back to their homeland. It's a wild story. But it's a story where God steps in. When I have no strength left. When the resources I have are no longer around and I only have a horn in a jar, then what, God? Watch what I can do with a horn in a jar. (laughs) Watch what I can do with a loaf and a few fish. Watch what I can do if you'll just follow. Even if the light is faint. Even if it feels like the darkness is going to swallow up all the light. See what I can do with a little bit of faith. How much do I need? Well, maybe about the amount that's the equivalent of the grain of the mustard seed. I think that's all. I think that's what scripture tells me.
tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. We can talk about little, literal oppression of various people groups in our country, in our city, in our world. We can talk about difficult days that we have individually that become heavy and overwhelming. We can talk about the shadows that are cast outside of us onto us, and we can talk about the shadows within that color our life's journey. All I want to offer in these moments is open up your eyes and at least begin to look for God at work. Sometimes all we can see with the small hint of light that we have is one step in front of us. That's okay. That's not unfaithful. That's not having given up given up. It is just using what you have right now to take the next step. When you have a chance, look up and see how God might be working through a friend, a significant person in your life, a circumstance that just slightly begins to tilt in a different direction, a counselor, a spiritual guide, a therapist, in a small group or Bible study, is there a word that if I'm paying attention is the word for me today? For you today? Remind me once again, Lord, of the story of the Christ, the light who entered the world, despised, rejected, Unaccepted by most. But the Christ lit a fire and reminded us that this is a story that predates creation. God's plan of grace. God's pathway of renewal and restoration. If for you, you feel like the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. If you feel like you're in that area well beyond the Jordan, wondering if anyone notices, if God has seen it all, the answer is a resounding yes. Through all of scripture is a proclamation that a light has come. There is dawn in the sky. There is something in the midst of the darkness that the privilege of living right now is that I can see some things that I could never otherwise have seen. But in this space of the shadow, a light has dawned that's for you. 
for us. Let's pray together. Lord, our God, your faithfulness throughout all generations, your promise from before generations even began, Scripture begins by telling us that you hovered over the face of the deep and your spirit moved upon the surfaces of the waters and you said, O Lord, let there be light and there was light. Wherever we stand in our journey, Lord, whatever the shadows are that have been cast, for this storyline is not complete, we've not read the last chapter, the journey continues, and it seems like there is much yet to be written. When the shadows begin to give way, when the darkness holds its boundaries and you begin the redemption of all things or complete the redemption of all things that was begun at the very beginning of creation. This morning, Lord, for those of us who would love to just see that light, Remind us of the words of a song, a particular phrase out of this scripture, the kindness of somebody over the course of the last few days, the gentle touch of somebody who's moved into our life, whose safe space gives us a sense of safety, that you were in those moments that you are orchestrating the next step. For you, love us and pour out your grace upon us. So we long for your peace and may the weightedness somehow be lifted because you have promised that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So Lord, help us to turn over this morning the heaviness to you, the weightedness to you, begin to increase the capacity of trust. For Lord, maybe the picture that's in our hand is a picture that needs to be filled with your promise, your love, and your hope. I would encourage anyone this morning if this is a morning where you wonder about the things that you face, allow the story of Jesus to hold you like a blanket that's put around your shoulders and covers the base of your neck 
May you feel the warmth of the Christ holding you in the midst of your circumstances, surrounding you, loving you, and may you give yourself to that story so that Christ's story might be your story. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Thank you, choir. Let me tell you who you are. You are the object of God's love. You're the target of God's grace. Your story is a storyline of God trying to work God's story into your story and inviting you to allow those two stories to merge. God's love is for you. And there's nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. So I'm going to offer a blessing on you. We have a postlude that I'm sure you will enjoy. But this is the blessing of dismissal. May God's grace pour into your life. May God's love be evident all around you. And may you find yourself catching glimpses of the light that God is shining in the sky, in the sea, in your relationships, in your coming and going. And may you relish that that light is for you. Go in God's grace. God bless you.